Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I feel like you should really appreciate your come up. It's the most romantic part of your career. When you get past all the bullshit, then you're like, really, this was great. And it did happen for a reason, and the universe did make it go this way. A lot of the relationships that we put ourselves through are very temporary. People come in your life for a reason. Those reasons are the stories that you tell to other people. I think it's such a beautiful time right now where people are really being encouraged to celebrate their culture and celebrate their differences and celebrate things that we've maybe been made to feel ashamed of. Yo, what's up? What's up? It's Sean Leon. Hi, it's Myrna. What's up, guys? This is Khalid. Hey, what's up? It's Ali. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. Hey, welcome to The Come Up Show podcast. It's your boy, Chetto. I hope you are having a great summer in 2019. I'm enjoying myself and enjoying the summer schedule that we're on the first Wednesday of every month. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the previous uh, episode as well too. The future of sharing and discovery. The panel that we that I moderated uh, in Atlanta, part of A3C, and here's another exclusive one. This panel is from the Northern Power Summit, which is a one day conference with a showcase component. Uh, it's actually coming up again this year in uh, Saturday, August 17th, 2019, in Toronto. I'll tell you more info about it at the end of the conversation. This panel features Rich Kid Rooks. DJ Andre905. Take a look at the description if you want to learn more about them. And uh, are y'all ready for the gems? Are y'all ready for the major keys that are ahead of us? The Come Up Show podcast. Let's go! All right. So, yeah, the name of this panel is Making It from the Six. Uh, my name is Chetto, and my guests are going to introduce themselves in a moment. But uh, I'm sure Dio talked a little bit about it, but I want to just give you the description of what we're going to talk about, what the thesis of this conversation is about, so I'm just gonna read that. So in 2018, Toronto is recognized as one of the biggest hotbeds of musical talent in the world, but that always wasn't the case. This panel will dive into a discussion about tackling the challenges artists have faced due to the lack of infrastructure in the Canadian urban music industry. It will provide suggestions and solutions for how an artist can and reasons they should build a career locally to effectively take it worldwide. Once again, my name is Shadow. All right, can you guys introduce yourselves? And, you know, give an intro less than a minute, please. All right, uh, I go by Andre, a.k.a. DJ Andre905, a.k.a. Andre the Giant. Um, Andre I the know. Giant. I, I haven't know. heard that one yet. Yeah, I heard that one. I know, I know. I'm like 4 foot 11. I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, I also DJ for the uh, Raptors905. Um, I'm also on the Factor um, and uh, I also service records for artists and such as well, play at clubs and stuff. So that's kind of like a, the, the like, I'm just of what I do. Dope, dope. Can I get a little more volume in this? Cheer. <laughs> uh, hello, everybody. I hope your uh, day has been going really, really, really well. My name is Rooks. Uh, I'm <laughs> hello. <laughs> Can't see you, but boop, boop. To you too, sir. Uh, so if you know a little bit about me, uh, I am the founder and the director of Sandbox Studios uh, located in Toronto, um, dedicated to creating actually the infrastructure here in Canada's uh, music scene. I've been on this scene for like the last six years. When I came into music, I was managing a, a neo-soul artist and really quickly 
recognized that there was no infrastructure to build an artist, um, but also beyond the artist, there was no business infrastructure. So often in Canada, we talk about all the things that artists need, but artists need people to support them on that journey. And so what I'm really interested in is not so much building the next Drake, but how do you build a team that has the infrastructure, awareness, and skills, and, and network to build the next Drake, the next Drake. So, you know, I do a lot of stuff in Toronto. I sit on a lot of boards and stuff, but realistically, every day of the week, I just want to talk about how do I make sure that we're building an actual economy an economy means an industry, so a cyclical, you know, environment for us all to, to create wealth for ourselves in Toronto. So, that's me. Thank you. And we have our, our guest, Rich Kid. I know he's going to come in in a comedic way. He's late. He's a funny guy, and I, hopefully he'll make it. Uh, so, I want to just pull the artist and see what type of makeup we have here. If you are an artist, please uh, raise up your hand. Okay. Producer. A manager, like on the management side of things. Okay, great. So we got a lot of artists. Um, we're definitely gonna be talking about the infrastructure and the challenges, but uh, I, like maybe some of you guys, have been to a lot of panels, and a lot of them have been like, uh, complaining. I want to be positive. We're gonna talk about the challenge, we're gonna keep it real, but I wanna know what, what can we do about it and what are the actions that we can take because that's a type of mindset that I have. Uh, so I want to talk to you guys. Um, so what were the challenges that you first had in accomplishing your goals? Well, like, what was the vision that you first, that like maybe your entry into the music industry, uh, how you got into it, and then the challenges that you faced? What do you go first? Okay, I'll go first. Um, pretty much, uh, it's like I didn't know anybody. I, I had one friend that was like a rapper, but he wasn't really doing his thing. And so I basically knew zero people. When I, when I first started in uh, 2006. And it's just kind of like, you know, I remember I was always on the, um, who is it, uh, Hip Hop Canada forums, just kind of just like uh, reading stuff. And, um, you know, when I first started, like the actual challenges for people to, to like actually look at you in like a serious manner and be like, yeah, I uh, play, I, I, I like spin. And they're like, okay, I don't care. So what? Right? So it's just actually, uh, making like a name for yourself and being someone that's credible that people will, you know, that uh, people say, okay, you know what, he's not only like a good DJ, but he has value. He can help out in different ways, not just only DJing, but he can service records and he can do different things. But so that, like, that's kind of like the challenges that I saw. Okay, so, so yeah, you're obviously DJing, like practicing or whatever. Yeah. But then uh, they're saying, all right, what? Then, then, so everybody's a DJ, right? Yeah, correct. And yeah. like nowadays, everyone is. Right, but um, just even more than that, I had to kind of find a way to, to, to like brand myself where I stood out differently from other DJs, right? So for example, I had, in 2007, I uh, started a, um, my show called Royalty Radio, which is like a online radio show from uh, UFT. And like my whole goal with that show was to give shine to like local artists, DJs, producers, um, directors. And we had a good run for eight years. Like I met Chadu that way too. Um, and so just kind of just doing that, that really kind of helped me because I was able to meet so many artists. Like, um, for example, Dio, I, I met uh, Dio years ago. And just through that, it, you know, I was just kind of able to build my name first through that as like a radio show DJ. And that kind of helped me catapult into like the whole Raptors 905 because I was able to get that gig through a friend that I met through that show who then helped me out and kind of put me in touch with the people at MLSE. 
You know, uh, I find that when you have a platform and you're like helping or putting on other people, it's also a great way to meet people and it's also a 100%. great way to have like a rapport because you're showing love. So it's funny, when you show love, you get love back, right? Oh, correct. Uh, Rooks, how did you like get into, like what was your first things that you were doing as a, you know, um, getting to the music thing? So I think mindset is like the most important thing when we talk about, a lot of people talk about the challenges they have doing something. But, you know, if your goal is to make it to the Olympics, you know, when I started out, I didn't have any challenges because I knew that I was nobody. And I think coming into the scene with such, like, a humility of, like, everything is new, I know no one, and I don't expect anybody to know me because I haven't accomplished anything whatsoever. It just meant that everything was a learning opportunity. So for the first few years of being in the music industry, I didn't really see anything as a challenge. Any door that was open for me, I was kind of like, thank you for that because other than you know you liking me or us having some sort of rapport, I hadn't really accomplished anything. And so I think that just coming into the game, my whole, my whole frame of mind was, how do I learn as much as possible before wanting to have anybody do anything for me? So it was really like, what can I give? How often can I volunteer? How often can I be in rooms with people who are thinking about things that I haven't even started to explore because my awareness isn't there yet? And so I think a lot of the challenges that we have when we start something are really the opportunities to learn because if you're challenged and somebody else is doing it, it means that you have less skill or less information. And so the only thing you're supposed to do, your job in that moment, is to go out and get those two things. And so how long would you say where like you're like, yeah, I'm just happy to be in the room. I'm happy to be here because I am nobody. You had that humility, but then you got to a certain point, you're like, I know shit now. I feel like that every day, even right now. You know, like there's so many people in this room I'm pretty sure if I had a conversation with every single person in here, whether they own a business or not, or they've gotten on the radio or not, they have a, a piece of information to give me. I think that my excitement around like learning and connecting with other people is why I never feel that way. And then you're constantly evolving. I think that the moment you feel like you've, you've gotten somewhere, the world is ever shifting. And so that ground that you're on that you think is so solid is so constantly moving, especially in an a age and a market in an industry where the digital industry, the internet is completely revolutionizing and changing. Right now, we're, we're going through an industrial change in the way that you monetize the music industry. And so I just feel like it's really important to constantly be in that evolutional stage of, I don't know shit. Every single time I get into a room, I don't know anything. Yeah, well, uh, great attitude. Dio talked about that yesterday as well, too, of humble. Uh, but what are... Uh, area, yeah, the music change, like music is, everything's changing really quickly. But what are the areas now, after doing it for a minute, you're like, I, this is my value, or, you know, like, because you want to make sure that, like, you have to have that balance of, I don't know shit, but, like, I know this, and you're... Well, value, value is always determined yeah. by, like, the end user, right? Like, I could give you a, a Lamborghini, but if you can't drive it and need to get to work, it actually has no value to you, right? And so I think the real thing is how do I develop as many skills as possible? And so like I'm always encouraging people like this is a talent uh, based model of a business. People are like I can sing, I can write, I can you know produce, but what is the actual skill that you have? Can you actually take that production talent that you have and create sync for a TV show? Do you actually understand, you know like it breaks my heart when producers use samples and then try to submit them to things. It's like 
No one's going to take your beat because no one wants to pay $100,000 to clear a sample for a song, even if they have it. You know, like, what are some of the ways and what are the skills that you need to have in your industry so that you can work your way to the top? Because so many of the barriers that, you know, people have, it's just the, the lack of actual skill. You know, like, yes, you can sing, but can you sing for two hours so that you can go on tour to open up for a Beyonce or a Jay-Z? Like, it's like, you got to make sure the skill that other people are putting out, you actually have the output of that. Because even if you're, that's where that saying comes from. What is it like, hustle beats talent when talent won't hustle? You have to have that hustle for that, for me right there is like, what are the actual skills of your industry that you need to know inside out? Hustle beats talent when talent doesn't want to hustle. Tweet that. Uh, so, yeah, I think what the, the point, the one point that I got there is definitely, yeah, I can sing rap or whatever, but what can it be applied to? That's a really good question because people think, hey, I can sing or rap or do this really well. Okay, so can millions of other people. Yeah. But what can it be applied to? And, and I think people are always like, this is how I'm different. But after having a recording studio for six years, like, you ain't different. Like, <laughs> I hear the same song every day, all the time. You know, the same people who make the same song come dressed in the same shoes, same shirt, same hat. They order the same drink. Like, you're so the same, but you just don't know because you haven't gone out and done the, the research in your market to recognize that whatever you think you're doing is so different, it's actually, it really exists, and somebody's doing it well. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think that you should, there's always a model for success. And it's your job, just like any business creates a business plan, it's your job to go out and understand what the model is. Grammy Award and Academy Award winning artist, rapper, actor, philanthropist, and New York Times best-selling author, Common, has announced his tour, Let Love Have the Last Word. Yo, this marks his first North American tour all over Canada and the U.S. since 2009, and Common will be in Toronto Wednesday, August 7, 2019 at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre. Tickets are on sale right now at mrgconcerts.com. They're starting as low as 50 bucks all the way up to 200 plus for a sweet meet and greet package where you'll get his memoir and autographed copy of it, Let Love Have the Last Word. You'll meet Common, get a personal photo, and so much more. Every pair of tickets from the general to meet and greet includes new music from Common that will be emailed to you. And yo, I saw Common uh, in concert uh, at uh, Cool House. A few years ago, one of the best live concerts, a live show that he has, man. The tribute set that he has to Jay Dilla and so much more, the history. It's yo, it's definitely an experience that you need to check out if you haven't seen Common live in concert. If you have, you want to check this out as well too. So the tour is called Let Love Have the Last Word. He'll be in Toronto Wednesday, August 7, 2019 at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre. Get your tickets right now at mrgconcerts.com. Link in the description. Shout out Rich Kid in the building. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Rich Kid. Guess the water took my place. Uh, Rich Kid, for the people who don't know you, can you, give a, can you give us a quick intro of yourself, less than 30 seconds? I'm Rich Kid and I was stuck in traffic. <laughs> and I'm a rapper producer from the city of Toronto. Mississauga, shout out Ridgeway, my mom. That's my introduction. Thank you for joining, <laughs> for joining us, Ridgeway. I don't, I don't want to ruin it, like, because I, I already read the, the thing of, you know, people go over five minutes with their intro, so I don't want to ruin it. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry, I'll let them know when you ask me questions. Yeah, so, uh, all right, so what, um, another point that you made and I want to ask to everybody is, um, so you get into the game, 
and you know that you have to develop certain skills or get information that you need to to move forward. What info, connects, or uh, skills did you have to develop to move forward in your career? Okay. Um, yeah, so for me, um, I didn't really know about the industry when I started making music. Um, I was like kind of unaware to it. Um, it was a manager that I got with earlier on or a friend that became my manager earlier on um, that kind of introduced me to the whole kind of system of how it works and how you get beats to artists, how you uh, collaborate with artists, how you go to certain events, how there's certain events going on, like hip-hop events. So I just started kind of getting out there, networking with people, um, and I found out, like, they would always ask, like, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? I was just like, I don't know. I make beats and stuff like that. That's it. Like, who do you make beats for? I'm like, uh, me, my homies. And then I was like, okay, maybe I should start building with a lot more people that I'm networking with and, and, and try push beats out there to other places in the, uh, in the city or other hoods or other MCs, other s singers or artists that I don't really know about, but I like their stuff. So I started contacting people that I just seen off MySpace because, you know, MySpace was a thing back then. I'm an old guy. So, uh, yeah, I just contact artists that I, I was feeling from the city and they responded back, and you know, one of them was you know Drake, one of them was Tona, uh, Empire, a lot of like early um, uh, artists from the from the like mid two thousands, and they they all messed with the beats. The first guys that I messed with were uh, Frank and Dank. They were signed to Universal under a guy named Ivan Evidente, and he's the one that kind of like put the, put my track on radio. And they said my name, Rich Kid, on it. And then people heard about the name. They're like, oh, who's this Rich Kid guy? He makes, like, soulful beats and stuff like that. So it made it more easier for me when I went out there and networked. I could tell them, like, yeah, I did a joint for Frank and Dank. They're like, oh, okay, we heard that on the radio. And then I would just, you know, work on my skill, work on my beats, work on um, just, you know, just becoming good in public because I never knew how to talk to people. I was kind of, like, just a silent guy. I was just ready to ball up at any time. I didn't want to really talk to people, but I started um, becoming more of a conversationalist and just being out there a little bit more. Uh, the, I want to go on that a conversationalist part because there's a bunch of people here. There's a bunch of important people here who are outside of the country and I'm connecting artists. I'm like, yo, talk to this person. You know, uh, Let's talk about that, about like just uh, being able to connect. People think that uh, you know, people approach me, they give me a business card, their CD, without even telling me their name first or saying, hey, how you doing? They want something from me right away without like, getting to know me as a human being first. Yeah. How important are those uh, people's skills? Oh, important, because I mean, if you, if you guys look at some of my DMs on IG, it's just links <laughs> of your song, and that's it. No, hi, how are you? Um, what's your email? Can I send you, you, you know, uh, like, on my song, or even sometimes I'll be playing out, and then some guy will like run up to me, play my CD, and I'm like, sorry, the game doesn't work like that, you know? Here's my email, email me, but not just, you know, send, you know, like, and, and I think now in this new age of like social media, I'm sure like even all of us, you know, see it where someone will just like tag us, or like send us like a link, and that's it, and like no, no like message, nothing, here's my song. Okay, great. What do you want me to like do with it, right? So. I think just you know having like a proper conversation, whether it's in person or, or even online too, just being like, you know, hi, I'm so-and-so, 
is it is it okay if I can send you some songs, some music? We're like, okay, cool. And I think most people will will you know if you're if you're um, polite, I think most people will respond. Uh, anything else that you guys want to add to that? The people skills part. Um, I think um, my uh, my current ad uh, manager Addy, like the the best thing he or the thing that he's best at is doing research on the people that we're trying to meet. Like, uh, we went to L.A. one time. This was before Kendrick blew up and, and the whole TDE fam kind of blew up. And he put me onto them. He's like, yo, we have to meet this guy, Kendrick. We have to meet his manager, Dave. The, like, and he didn't know any of them. He kind of just did his own research going through Twitter, you know, finding out who's managing who, you know, looking at the blog sites, kind of seeing when they're dropping what project and kind of um, just mapping out who we needed to meet and not really like, I guess in his mind, he knew the talking points and knew what he would say to them. And he, he, he was able to develop good relationships with people in LA for me to just come in and just show them my artistry and talk me up good. So I think doing research on specific people that you need to meet and seeing what they do instead of like kind of just walking up to them and being like, oh, so what you do, da 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 When you can tell them what they do, then they know, okay, like you make them feel good. Like, oh, okay, I'm out here doing the good work. And then you being knowledgeable about their stuff makes them know, okay, yeah, they want to do business, but they're really serious about what they're, what they're trying to do. Sometimes not everybody's going to be friends in this industry. Like you don't have to be. But if you can have a great working relationship and be able to talk and converse about other stuff, beyond music just but still have like you know both understand that both parties are serious then it makes it a little bit easier so i think um doing research on specific people you need to meet is important or sometimes you could just do it like wonder girl she just you know hit up whoever she wanted to on twitter and then you know eventually certain people hit her back but that was like early days of twitter maybe okay. you have to use a new type of social media or something I, I think you also have to assume that whatever you're doing somebody else is doing if you're breathing, someone else is breathing. If you're eating, if you're taking a shit, somebody else. Like, you just have to assume that. And so if, if you know that, then you know that if you emailed me your music, somebody else emailed me. I get about, like, 500 DMs a day, meaning that my Instagram actually disables your ability. I don't even know. Half the time, people are like, why can't I respond? Like, at a certain threshold, DM will, like, Instagram will go in and disable my DMs because I haven't responded to like 500 in a row, right? And so I think that people forget how easy it is to connect with somebody, like send them something, but how hard it is to make a connection. And so for me, it's like I would rather talk to so anyone who watches my Instagram knows like I'm really into create fate and I'm into like your mental garden. And like if somebody sends me a quote and says, yo, Rooks, I read this quote. And actually, I think I see Maricel here. Maricel Joy, shout her out from Hip Hop Canada. She'll send Hip me like Canada? she'll Bob send Bob. me like a, a quote and be like, "I read this today and I thought about you." Now, whatever she wants from me, she gets just because she sent that. <laughs> you know, like because I go Real through time. my day and a lot of people want to take from you as you yeah. move up, right? Like it's like, "Yo, Rooks, what can you do for me? What can you, well, what?" Even just sending me a quote to encourage me through my day means that you care enough about me that now I'm interested in caring about you. And so it's not even necessarily being really social or, you know, do, yo, just take two seconds to consider the other person on the other side of the message, on the other side of the conversation, because then it humanizes both of us and then we can form a connection. And, and uh, you know, even to like uh, further her point, it's like, what can you do for that person? Like, for example, uh, I remember I was at... Uh, 
A3C in October of last year, and um, I forgot the the one speaker said, you know what, when you approach someone, try to have that approach of what you know, what can you do for them, and I think just even taking that approach now is just you know, it it, it can uh, definitely help you mm. if 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 you have something of like uh, value, and like it doesn't even have to be, um, for example, music. Like for example, I. Uh, met this one artist and he has like a meat shop and he's like Andre come buy some like free meat I'm like okay pause but I'm just like you know <laughs> so <laughs> you know this is something I know I know I know I know but but yeah but uh but yeah so just you know something like that you know for example e even though I didn't take him up on his offer it's just something like that can just even go like the far away like you know can, so can, the can people that you want something from they're human beings treat them like a human being and it, it's even better if you connect with them before you need anything, you know? So what's a simple action that you could do with this? Uh, this is what I've done uh, as a music journalist when I want to send uh, my interviews to other, say, bloggers. You follow them on Twitter, and they're asking questions. They're like, yo, what's the top three albums that came out this year? Yo, this team is trash on whatever. Like, connect with them on a human being level. Just engage in conversation as a human being, so they'll pay attention to you, like, oh, who is this person? And then when it comes time to ask for something, you've connected with them on a human level. Or also put people in positions to make money. If you have opportunities, try to work with them. Like, uh, I remember we were trying to um, get to know uh, the creators of uh, Two Dope Boys, a blog called Two Dope Boys, Shake and Mecca. And we had met them at different, um, like, we met them at South by Southwest, met them at A3C, and stuff like that. But I think me and my manager was like, okay, we want to build a better relationship so we can have more of our music played on that blog or, or displayed on that blog. So what we did was we we found out that Mecca from Two Dope Boys was trying to be more of a DJ. He was uh, starting to play more DJ gigs. So we, we got him some shows up here, some gigs up here. He played my um, my release party for my album. We had Low Key, who now is a host on Beats Radio. He came and hosted it. and. Now we've built that relationship like whenever we're in New York or whenever we're in L.A., they got us because we brought them up here to Toronto, showed them a fun time, you know, take them to Lost and Found, you know, so they could see the gal them. Take them to like, you know, they usually come down to their OVO Fest, so, you know, we'll try to get them our tickets and like try to just show them a good time when they're in Toronto so then they when they go back to wherever they're from, they're like, yo, you know, this Tor Toronto's hype. These are the guys you need to holla at, da-da-da. And they've... Uh, hooked us up with so many different connections just based off of, off of that. So when you can provide a money-making opportunity for some of these guys coming up here, then, you know, they can they can reciprocate that back. Mm. So uh, we got less than five minutes left. Um, uh, so, guys, how, does, uh, how do people, creatives, take advantage of the spotlight that Toronto has right now? If we are the city, if we're lit, if everybody's asking, yo, what's in the water in Toronto? They want to come here. How do, how do the people from this creative community, you know, make sure they're, you know, you, you know, taking advantage of this opportunity and time? Travel. I'd say travel. If you can go to L.A., New York, Atlanta, um, even if they have uh, um, something like this in, like, in like for example, France or different countries, I'd say if you get the chance, travel. You know, nowadays it's, like, easier to, it's, like, much cheaper to, like, travel than it was before. Now you have... Ubers, you have um, Airbnbs, and you know, and you can be economical and still attend these events. Really? Yeah, because when you go to LA or, or any 
other country or city, and they ask you, where are you from? And, they, and you say, Toronto. And what's the responses that you guys get? It's an automatic, like, oh, you're from Toronto. The six, the six, you're from the six. Like, it's, 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 it's different from when I used to go there, like, like when I used to go to the States in 2010, and they're like, oh, Toronto, where, where is that? Is that Europe? I'm like, I'm not talking to you anymore. You're, you're an you, idiot. You guys have igloos? A really tangible solution, though, if I could tell any creative, is to actually create a business plan. You know, a lot of people are creative but don't actually know how to monetize their creativity. So even if you understand where you fit in the business structure, I'm a business kid. I'm always going to speak to it. Business plans are long and they're daunting. If you Google business canvas model, it's literally a one-sheeter. It's eight boxes that allow you to think about how your actual monetary flow is going to happen. Probably takes you two, three hours. And as you keep pivoting as an artist, you might realize nobody really cares that much about my song, but my T-shirt that I make, yo, everybody loves my T-shirt, and you're selling 2,000 T-shirts online, which allows you to monetize your own music. So, you know, really sit down and think of a business structure because it doesn't matter what's in the water here. At the end of the day, rich kid, you know, whoever else is doing it, we know that so many Americans are involved in what's happening for a lot of Canadian artists. And so the business side of music in Canada is still very American. So, you know, you got you to gotta know it for yourself that so you can make things happen. And if you're if you're not uh, you know a hip hop artist or in the urban world, let's say you're in EDM or you're doing dance music or you're doing any other type of music, don't only think that America is the only place you can go. There's also Europe. There's Asia. There's so many different Africa. There's so many different markets. But it's also about getting to know the people in those markets. So if you want to go, you know, gold in, in in UK, you have to have a UK connect. You have to have somebody on the ground there that's going to help you, that's going to help promote for you, because it doesn't just happen. People think, yeah, yeah, I could go to UK, or I could go to Japan and blow up, but it's not as easy as just sending your song there. Like, who are you sending it to? Who's promoting it? Who's putting you on the radio? Who's 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 lining up the shows? you got to kind of travel. So pretty much so Andre, what Andre's saying, like, you have to go to those kind of places, meet people, build relationships, connections. So then... After that, you can start building kind of a movement in different areas. And that's what Universal does. Universal has different uh, uh, labels, or not labels, but their sister companies in different countries because they need different boots on the ground to help promote whatever they're pushing. So if you can do it on an independent level and meet the right people, the influencers in different areas, you could almost do the same thing and probably even more because the labels are looking at us as influencers to kind of push their shit. They don't know how to do shit nowadays. They're confused. They're more confused than us. So you got to kind of take the charge and build those connections and meet those people and try to maximize that, you know? And when which, is, you, which is all a business. That's what he just described. Which is all business. It's a business. It's all business. When you meet those people wherever you go, right? You go whatever, L.A., New York, whatever, you tell them, hey, when you come to Toronto, I'm your host. I will take care of you. Food spots, part, whatever, right? Even the Americans that tweet all the time, you see artists, yo, where can I get go food? Yo, I got you. I know this spot here. Be like the tour guide for Toronto for these people that can help you in the future. That's a very simple thing that you could yeah. do. Don't be taking we, them to McDonald's and shit. Because like, we are that them city. Big Macs and shit. Like, and people are, take them like, somewhere nice. People are interested, like really want to be here and come here. Show them around. So when it comes time for you to go to them or whatever you need, 
you, you got it. You got that rapport built. That, uh, that's actually super real because even just now, I actually haven't been here all day because I was hosting um, I, this girl that I met in Chicago a month ago who works at NASA and then this other girl who came in who's like one of the biggest marketers for global activations all over the world. And I met them randomly and I took them. I took them everywhere because when I was super broke, I used to max out my card all the time taking people to dinner. It, it really makes a difference when you invest in people having a positive experience with you. And guys, we are out of time. Thank you very much for your attention. Thank you, Dio. We out. Thank you very much to this panel. Dropping gems nonstop. I hope you enjoyed my conversation, making it in the six with Rich Kid Rooks, DJ Andre 905, moderated by yours truly. And the guy that you heard at the end right there was my man D.O. Dwayne Gibson, who is the founder. He's an artist as well, too, and a, and a brilliant entrepreneur and grant writer and does so many things for a lot of people behind the scenes. Yo, MPS Northern Power Summit 2019 is coming up Saturday, August 17th in Toronto. It's a day event from 12 p.m. to 6. The ticket will be in the link, the description, uh, mps19.com. More details will be announced about the programming as we get closer to that date. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Hit me at The Come Up Show on Twitter or info at the It's your boy Chetto. See you next month. Peace. Peace.